0: Love talk radio.
1: From Los Angeles, California, it's Music Friday live the end of the week program brought to you by solar city your source of clean energy I'm your host Patrick O'heffernan and I'm on every Friday at 2 pm Eastern on the blog talk radio network the cyber station USA network and our radio affiliates and we are bringing you today's hot new upcoming musical artist at 205 we have a real treat the australian born new york-based alt rock music Robbery gang. That's right. That's what I said. The music robbery gang called the Kin will join us at will join us, and we'll find out why we call them music robbery. And at two thirty p.m., we completely change the atmosphere and we go into the stratosphere with the ethereal Lorelei Carlson of the Left Coast, right here in Los Angeles. Now this is your show. These bands are here to talk with you, so you can call in and talk with them. Three four seven. Two one five seventy five eleven three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, 347 or you can email you can email us your questions and your comments to Friday live at gmail dot com. That's musicfriday live at gmail dot com. And don't forget you can follow our Twitter feed. You can also uh, check out to our guest star and learn more about our guests on our Facebook page. And don't forget to use the hashtag musicfriday. Well, I went to a great show last night. I went to um, the Venerable Hotel Cafe, which is in uh, Hollywood, and I saw an old friend, uh, a friend actually of the shows, Maggie Zasbo, and, and Maggie Maggie is really up to the notch. She's come out with some new songs. She's expanded her vocal range. Her her band is, is tighter than ever. And boy, we had a good time. So I recommend that everybody check out her Twitter feed. That's all about Maggie, you know, at sign all about Maggie and learn more about it. And tonight, uh, tonight we're going to be at the Bootleg Theater. We're going to we going to see the Ken, and of course the Ken are going to be on in a few minutes, all right? So we can talk about that. But uh, I'm looking forward to this too. This is um, this is alt rock with kind of an Australian accent, but um, very, very interesting and very, very American. And one thing that really gets me is the drummer, whose name is Shakerleg. Actually, that's his nickname. He doesn't use any sticks. That's right, no sticks. <laughs> he just plays with his hands. Now, I couldn't do that with my hands, I'll tell you that, <laughs> you know. Uh, but he does it, and he does it extremely well. So we're going to talk to him about that, and, you know, you, you can call in and ask him what kind of calluses he has on that. Uh, and, you know, after you talk, after you listen to them today, if you're in Southern California, go on out to the Bootleg Theater. That's on Alvarado and Beverly. Actually, it's on Beverly at Alvarado in, uh, in downtown Los Angeles. Uh you know what? I think we have a caller on the line. Let's uh let's find out. Hello there. Hi, Patrick.
2: This is it Kat.
1: Kat, a recent guest, Kat McDowell. Well, welcome uh, back to Music Party Live. You have a show coming up, don't you?
2: I do. I wanted to call and to tell you about it. It's tomorrow night at Whitsend in Venice. I've got my CD release party.
1: Whoa! Congratulations, congratulations! Thank now, you. for all of our Southern California listeners, Wits End is in—it's uh, actually in Venice, and it's on Lincoln Boulevard, about a block south of Palms. It's got plenty of on-street parking, and you can—they also serve great food, pizza, good burgers, and great salads. So you should come on down. And uh, when are you going to be on, Kat?
2: I'll be on about 10:30, 10:45 ish. So, oh, yeah, love to see they, you there.
1: They gave you the Saturday Night Sweet Spot, huh? <laughs> All right.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm really lucky.
1: <laughs> well, I, well, everybody who's listening and who wants to go, I suggest then that you get your tickets in advance because the Saturday Night Sweet Spot at Wits Inn can get a little crowded, uh, and this oh, is going to be a lot of fun. Now, now we got a minute or two. T- tell me about the new album.
2: Oh, The new album, Rise Above, it just came out on October 28th, so it would have been about a week and a little bit. And um, and this album is, is my best album so far. It's my third full album that I've released, but I just feel like I've grown a lot in the last 10 years that I've been doing music and, and Rise Above is kind of, you know, coming to a place of strength after not knowing who I was for so long.
0: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, I don't
2: I'm... know who I am. I feel like I know myself better now than I did the last 10 years, but who knows? <laughs>
1: Well, well, after 10 years you are better, all right, right.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, well, uh remembering our recent interview, I think you have a very good idea of who you are and I want everybody in uh, Southern California to uh get a good good taste of who you are on stage. So, once again that Saturday night at The Wit's End in Venice, you're going to be on at 1045, which is the sweet spot, which means it's going to be crowded. So everybody get your tickets in advance. You can get them online at Uh, the end, uh, dot com. uh and uh, be there to see Kat. And incidentally, if you want to know more about Kat, after today's show, go back into our ar- archives. We She was on the, uh, the show quite recently, and you can listen to that interview. So when you show up... Uh, Saturday night, you'll know all about her. Kat, thank you so much for calling in. This is really fun, and I will see you Saturday night.
2: Yay, so excited to see you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And, you know, it's kind of interesting um, uh, because I can hear the New Zealand in your voice. Today seems to be my day for the other side of the world because our next guests are originally from Australia.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Yeah, this is maybe it's another – well, it's another Australian, New Zealand music wave into the U.S., and, boy, are we happy about it. Okay, yeah. I will see you Saturday night, and thanks for calling in.
2: Thank you, Patrick.
1: We've got to take a quick break now, and when we come back, we've got two members of The Kin with us. Don't go away. You're listening to Music Friday Live.
2: Our troops aren't the only ones fighting right now. Thousands of military families are in crisis. They're fighting financial battles, how to pay the bills, even how to keep their homes and feed their children. You can help by supporting Operation Homefront, a national nonprofit that provides emergency assistance for military families and for wounded warriors when they come home. To learn more about how you can help, go to OperationHomefront.net.
1: And we're back. This is Patrick heppernan. I'm your host here on Music Friday Live. And I want to welcome all of our radio listeners from around the country. Especially want to say hi to our radio listeners in Ashland, Oregon. They're listening to us on the great KSKQFM, uh, which is a college town. So I know we got lots of alt-rock fans. They're gonna they're gonna like the next uh, our our upcoming guests. You can join us by email at MusicFridayLive at com. That's MusicFridayLive at com. You can also call in and talk to our guests if you're listening to us live, and I know a lot of you are listening to us live as well as on podcasts, so uh, you can call in at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven. And after the show, don't forget to check out our website. Our website is MusicFriday.NationBuilder.com, and as always on Fridays, we're going to put up some new music reviews. I've been busy writing reviews. Well, the way to describe the Kin is wild men from Australia and the New York subway. There's nothing like them. they got a bass player, or rather a guitarist who breaks out the didgeridoo, a drummer who doesn't use sticks, and a lead singer, who is the brother, who invades restaurants and airports to steal ears, fill them with music, and then return them. And along the way, they create high-energy, high-melody, high-fun rock that is completely unique. They have worked with legendary producers uh, Nick Hard and Tony Visconti, and they just got off a tour in Australia with Pink playing to arenas full of thousands of peoples. But, you know, no rest for the weary. Tonight they launch a grueling U.S. tour, kicking it off at the Bootleg Theater here in Los Angeles, and I actually am going to be on uh, there to see them. So we want to welcome... Two of the members of the kin, this is uh, Mark Cron and Shakerleg. Welcome to Music Friday Live.
3: All right. Hey, Patrick. I'm sorry, that's uh, Isaac, Shaker. not Mark, Isaac. <laughs> uh, Isaac Korn, yes. And Sh- Shakerleg. Yes, right. You're probably
1: wondering, who, you're probably wondering if, if you picked up a new guitar player or something
3: there.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I'm going to have to correct you on all the things you said earlier. The, the, the band is composed of a drummer who plays without sticks, and the other two guys are hacked. <laughs>
1: uh-oh i guess the interview should go downhill actually, quickly
3: <laughs> quickly right away they're actually two right. lead singers. we need to we need to uh clarify that because i hear the i hear the back and forth in the van all the time there are definitely two co-lead front singers who are harmonizing like you wouldn't believe and i am a oh. new yorker I am not from Australia. We need to stop this whole Australian invasion. Get me out! Get me out! <laughs> All right. How well, really, right along. Um,
1: tonight, uh, you are kicking off a U.S. tour. You're calling it the Thickest Thieves tour. Uh, but you just got back from touring Australia with Pink. Um, what is this? No rest for the weary here? you got to get right back to work?
4: Yeah, yeah well, we toured with uh, Zyzek. Thanks for having us Patrick, by the way. Um yeah, we did with Tink last year and then we just got back actually our own tour of thickest thieves tour started in New Zealand and then went through Australia and we did rural Australia too. We actually went what we thought was going to be the outback but they've actually got pretty big cities in the middle there. And um and so now we're we're as you said about to uh, take on the US with a with a crazy oh. New York City drama. It's amazing. <laughs> all
1: right. We're going to talk
4: about. You that really got to come and see this guy. He actually, anyone that's listening that might be able to come, he actually is hurting himself on stage playing music. Playing so, music, yeah. It's just
1: but we'll get to that in a minute. All right. Um, but uh, Isaac, I wanted to ask you. I understand you. You come by your music honestly. Your your mother was in musical theater, and she even played with Colin Hay. Is that right?
4: Yeah, you know Colin Hay.
1: No, I don't know Colin Hay, but I know the music.
4: Uh, yeah, uh, he's fantastic. How, how did that affect um, yeah, you,
1: or, or, or did that affect your music?
4: Well, I mean, we'd come home from school, and she'd be blasting all the greats, and um, singing on top note, and just kind of gassing it up, as she would say, and um, I don't know, I think it it helped in the sense that we were always listening to music through through our parents, and and then just a sense of support while we're making um, rash musical decisions.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I music. love that
1: <laughs> rash, rash musical decisions.
4: Well, I, I know you two have
1: told the story of meeting in the the subway many times. so I'm not going to ask you to repeat it here, uh, but I do have two questions for for you. First of all, Shaker Lake, do, just were you kidding? Does it or does it really hurt?
3: Oh yes definitely hurts (laughs) um that was uh, the whole point was just to get people in the subway station in new york where i was making a living to just turn their head and and, you know throw some money at me because i i I had to pay rent and eat and the whole thing so i thought well obviously my my drumming skills sticks isn't quite up to par especially compared to all the other new york drummers because they were just killing it on every level I thought well, I'll just maybe get this stuff on my hands and see what happens. Maybe I got to I have to injure myself in front of them so they think that I've got nothing left or whatever it was and it it actually backfired and I kind of started to to like it. do you
0: leave
1: uh do you leave blood on the on the drum skins?
3: Occasionally. And um there's like, I, I would say calcification of the bone going on underneath the, underneath the skin. It's like building up. I, I always equate it to like a, uh, like an MMA fighter, or more, more so like a, uh, martial artist who's hitting wood with his hands, you know, to build up the, the hands. I think that's what's going on. At least I want to kid myself to say that's what's going on and not think about the future, uh, Lack of use with these two hands that I have, because I have a feeling it's coming. I, I wake up in the morning, they're swollen. I can barely close, uh, you know, my hand up in a in a nice grip because they're just so swollen. And and uh, but you know, this sounds sounds too good. I I can't stop it right now, and I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go with sticks at this point because I'm so far beyond that with this hand drumming that I'd, I'd just be trying to play catch up. So forget it. I'll I'll break my hand until people show up to <laughs> the show.
1: Well I was no, gonna, gonna ask I you I, I think did um did you, did you have any reservations at all about taking on a drummer who didn't use sticks? Uh
4: look, we've we've played with many a drummer and we love them all, but there's just a chemistry that <clears throat> we've never had before and and um yeah there was just there was no question. It was more just, can we all get along? And you know, um, seven years
3: we're finally about to get along. Finally getting I mean, along. We're about to get along <laughs> for, the, for, for the first time at the show tonight. So well, you know, I, I think it,
1: I think you get along really well, and I want to give our audience a taste of how well you get along. So this is Hope Machine. that's a very good example of how well you, uh, you guys work together you really drive it home I'm sort of standing here in the studio at, at the end of my uh, headphones cord dancing around um, not only is uh the you're, you're drumming like nothing else I've ever heard but you do some but uh, Isaac you do some very interesting guitar rips in there what's that kind of rapid fire high note you do
4: I don't know what he's doing. Uh he's just kind of he's kind of attached to the guitar and just plays it incessantly like a madman and it's I, I don't know if he knows what he's doing either and it's great. I think all three of us don't really know what we're doing. And I think it's that holding on to the wild horse that brings punters back to our shows because it actually gets us up in the morning. The thought that maybe the show tonight will be our last, and it, it may actually just fall apart at any moment, you know.
1: Well, it better not be your last because you've got a long tour uh, ahead of you, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of people I'm sure who are dying to see it. Now, you you, you work with a, a number of, of uh, top producers, uh, particularly Tony Visconti, uh, uh, who produced for David Bowie. How did you connect with Tony?
0: Oh, that was uh how did that happen? That was
3: actually through one of our our managers over when we were uh part of Interscope Records. He had um,
4: mm-hmm. a a connection with him. Well, James and, said um, James kinda of said he was uh and uh, at the time and he kinda of said, uh, who do you want to work with? And we listened back to like the rawness of like T Rex albums in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also some David Bowie stuff in terms of just, like, melodic bass lines and grooves. I think we we still believe that what we do in the studio needs to be raw and has, the like, the kinetic energy of a live show somehow. Um, but it also has to kind of solidify this groove that you can put on at any time and and dance to, you know. And um, we felt like Tony did that with the, both T-Rex and the <laughs> You know, I guess you you think well, if he's you know he can, he can do it with them, he can do it with us. But I, I I'm not sure we we got there with him. But um, you know, we're not sure we've got a yet at all that for our live recording. So we're kind of we're in an interesting place where we we pretty much know what songs we want to put on the the full albums, and we 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 pretty much know we've got an idea of how how to get that sound. But we're we're still kind of um, you know questioning well, the process and trying So it's an interesting place so to be so in
1: this, this is a sound that I think is very well produced and, and I love it I play a little bit it's so cool off air, and I said I wasn't going to get into it, but maybe it would be kind of interesting, uh, how you decide what songs go on the album and whether or not that's going to be uh, a song. Because that song sounds like it's kind of radio ready, but it's really your tough danger pop style with lots of energy and no holes barred rock.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, love it. I, I think it just it needs more... It needs more shaker leg to start. I, I kind of I love everything, but the fact that I know that there's some sample drums in there, you know, when mm. there could be even more raw sounds coming from shakes. So you know, we're, we're still trying to figure out how to make fit to, to record his drums well, in a way that captures you know him as well as the band, you know. Yeah. Well, the other issue is that we're right, I mean, we've
3: been on a roll. The, the guys have been writing quite. Quite a bit, and I've thrown in a few ideas here and there, and I just think the next crop of songs coming up somehow just trump the last, as, as as any artist will probably tell you. But so you get when you see the show uh, tonight, yeah, uh, it's a whole a whole new game. I would say it's going to be a lot of fun, actually.
1: I'm looking forward to that. And once again, let me remind everybody in uh, the Southland that you're going to be at the Bootleg Theater tonight. That's Beverly and Alvarado. And uh, get your tickets in advance because I'm sure it's going to be full. Now, speaking of full, you guys were touring last year with Pink. And she's one of the most outstanding performers in our age. Uh, What was that like?
3: Well... I mean, I can speak personally from, from being a street performer in New York thinking that, well, this is, this is as big as I'm going to go, but you know, and New York is a big place, you know, i play for easily millions of people a year, just, uh, in little spurts, you know, in the subway. So standing in an arena in Australia, looking up at just the rigging they had for her, that was flying her around and all that, it's just, it was overwhelming and, uh. Yeah, ten years in a subway station, and then all of a sudden, I'm standing
4: in an arena opening for paint, which it was <laughs> overwhelming. Yeah, and I yeah, I, I've I, never seen, go ahead. I've I, never seen anyone so dedicated to her craft, you know, and passion. So it was really inspiring. Uh, she was the, uh, she's at the top of the mountain.
1: Uh, Stephen Stills once told me that uh, when he and Crosby and uh, Nash got in front of fifty thousand people. It was terrifying. Uh did you guys feel terrified?
4: Oh no. No, no we we feel alive, you know.
3: Yeah. It's more just Great. like, okay, this is what this is what we this is what we came for, you know, this is like the build up of all right, now we can actually now we can actually show, you know, larger audiences this
4: odd thing we're doing. And um the problem is it's kind of like a drug like once you play an arena full of people open to listening to music and you experience an audience as a movement rather than just a a room full of people it becomes enough people for a movement i think um you're hooked and so your biggest problem is in 2015 when the music business is such a really interesting place and tough time for real musicians you've got to get back to the arena somehow you know and um that's your pro- that becomes your problem
3: <laughs> and um
4: okay. it's cool well, it's well, a good problem to have of- and we're just about crazy enough to want to get back to the arena so,
3: Well,
1: I, I, I hope you do but uh not until after, after this interview
4: is-, is the reason why we end up playing arenas again so thank you
1: well, I- I, I hope so. Maybe next time uh, you're in LA, I'll I'll see you at the the Coliseum. But uh, it, I, w- I wanted to ask you. Um, I understand that that you met Pink in a backyard. Can you, can you tell us that story? Oh
3: yeah, that was actually here in LA. That was a, I think it was a, a benefit, um, maybe for women, women, to, to raise raise awareness for domestic violence, and you know she just happened to be in the audience, and if someone. Did mention, oh, she'll be there, and we we didn't think anything more than, well, that's cool. We get to play for, we get to play for her and a bunch of people. That's great. Not once thinking that this this future was coming. Um, and then a month later, they they got in contact with our team, and I think there was a connection through Billy Mann at some point. Uh, yeah, awesome songwriter. Yeah. Wow. That
1: that uh, I'm sure when you got that phone call, if it came in the form of a phone call, that uh, that made your day to say the least. Yeah, right.
3: we we actually recorded it, and I can play it back. Everyone's screaming in the room.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah, I should get that as my ringtone. Actually, right.
1: <laughs> Well, uh, you, you talked about the, the adrenaline and the addictiveness of an arena. Uh, and, of course, when you're in uh, a room uh, or a smaller venue, you really draw the audience in close, and it's much more personal. And I want to play one of your songs that, that I think makes people in the front rows in a smaller venue really lean forward. This is, this is The Rush.
0: Try to let go. Please believe me. I've been no scars, no broken bones, but all the hurt comes heaven knows. I bless for love, and i me try. I you your time playing games, playing me. I don't know I so high. Why I
1: get so high? I love. I love that song and I can I can hear the people in the background there loving it too. I, I love the line in there. You can bend me, I don't break, you'd be surprised what I might take. But then you go on to tell us that your dreams are haunted and that you've lost your mind. Now to me this is a very intimate song. Um it is, yeah. Which is yeah, which is why I say that people lean forward but and people loved it too. Um are you looking forward to doing that you're going to do that tonight in the smaller room
4: well, we weren't going to but now you've brought it up i <laughs> yeah. you're going to break my heart if we don't um and you know let me just say this song came from a conversation and look we love to write ourselves and then we, what we love even more sometimes is taking people's stories and poems and just digging for gold in, in, in the hearts of others and the minds of others, because there's so much untapped creativity in the world. And, you know, we've written hundreds of songs and our voice is one voice. And so, you know, this song came about because of a conversation my brother had with, um, a friend of his, and it was just, she was so drunk on this relationship and it had to end. It was toxic and, she was. This song is like a questioning to herself. Like, why do I get so high? Why, like, I'm not gonna break. I'm gonna go on, you know. And so I can't take credit for these lyrics really at all. I, I helped write the bridge and arrange the song with the band. But um, I'm happy to say that it was a, a very powerful woman named Cassandra, <clears throat> a poet really and a musician in New York City, Brooklyn. And uh, so i i'm I'm happy to uh to credit her for the song um but yeah for me, when I sing that line, you can bear me, but I don't break. You'd be surprised when I can take. I think it's just it's <laughs> I usually come out of a place of of madness i mean love is a madness and um madness of of God really, and um so I usually come from that fuss of uh it's kind of like resistance to really being taken under eventually.
1: Well that I, explains I a lot of the explains a lot of the power that you put into it. We we have some emails here for you. Um cool. Selina right. in in Los Angeles, um, Selena, you better be there tonight. Selena in Los Angeles wants to know are audiences in the United States different to play for than audiences in Australia?
3: Uh, well first of all I'd just like to ask Selena for her hand in marriage based on her name. Selena, <laughs> contact us shortly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the audiences are different. Um, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I think if you're giving every last ounce of energy, it's I, it's almost the same, maybe. There's different age brackets, and they react differently, but um, we're all people at the end of the day, and I think when you hear something you like, you react just exuberance, and uh, at least that's my perspective. Isaac may have a different... Take I, would,
4: I would agree. Uh, at, the, at the core, we all take in the music in the same way, and it's that's the magic of it, really.
1: Okay, we have a uh, an email here. We're running out of time, so I'll make this fairly quick. Uh, Rally in Los Angeles wants to know, are you going to break the fourth wall in uh, Los Angeles while you're here? Maybe you ought to explain what it means by that. <laughs> all right. Uh,
3: well, first of like all, I'd like to ask Raleigh for his hand in marriage, if he would, so contact Riley, you better be there tonight.
4: These are good questions. Thank you, both of you guys. Um, yes, well, well we, we were in Minneapolis years ago, and the PA broke. And we literally had to finish the last half of the set off mics in the audience. And the the crowd went so nuts that we were, we were like, we're not really allowed to not do that again. So every show since, we step off the stage, and it's our favorite part and the audience's favorite part. You know, hopefully when we get to this arena we've been talking about, um, we'll have technology that will still allow, allow yeah. to come and do it too. So right now we do off mic entirely. And, uh, you know, we're already playing big enough venues to try and figure out some secret uh Mike hanging around but um, that's our secret but yes we will be breaking the fifth wall tonight hopefully <laughs> right. that, that well, wall I'm is inside ourselves. ourselves and uh, I'm going to look forward that to that down, that's a whole and, other thing I think
1: and we're going to have to have you back on the show and talk about musical robberies and Sharon Stone's ears and all the other good things that we oh, didn't yeah. get <laughs> to this time because we are definitely we are out she of time but, yeah. uh, I know I've had dinner with her actually and she really is she's also tall uh this yeah. is uh, we're we're talking mm-hmm. to with uh Isaac and Chickerleg of the kin and they're going to be playing in, uh, in California tonight in Los Angeles uh, at the bootleg theater but they're going on tour across the country you should go to their website and take a look at that tour and uh, see when they're going to be in your city but if you're in Southern California tonight you want to you want to get your tickets in advance because this is going to be crowded they're also going to be in strummers in Fresno down the in the Central Valley Sunday night and at the famous bottom of the Hill club one of my favorite clubs in San San Francisco, so right. so check out their tour. Go to their website, and then uh, we'll breathlessly await your album. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks this. for having me. A lot of fun. We have to take Thank a break son. now. We have to take a break now, and when we come back, we are going to have we are going to change the atmosphere quite a bit. We're going to have the wonderful. Wonderful singer with us who is completely different than what we've been hearing now. And com- well, I'll just let you make your own your own mind up on that one. Right now, however, we're going to take a quick break. I got to run a, a commercial, and we will be right back. I'm back, Patrick O'Heffernan, your host here on Music Friday Live, and that was a little bit of water breaks. Uh, that was uh, from from the Ken. Um, going to, I'm going to uh, introduce our guest in just a moment, but we do have to tell you a little bit about our wonderful sponsor, Solar City. Now, solar power is a huge win-win for homeowners, but a lot of people are reluctant to take the plunge into solar because of the upfront costs. With Solar City, you can go solar for zero upfront cost on approved credit. Solar City will come out and they'll install a solar system on your home for free. You pay only for the power you use. And, of course, you use a lot less of it because the sun is making it for you. Solar City pays for the system. It insures the system. It maintains the system. All you have to do is enjoy the savings. So if you've been ready for solar, but solar hasn't been ready for you, it is now at Solar City, America's number one clean energy provider. Now, how do you find out about it? Well, there's a phone number. You knew I was going to give you a phone number, so you're all ready for it. The phone number is 909 618 6937. That's 909 618 6937. And when you call in and somebody answers the phone, and probably my representative Tina will answer the phone. Tell Tina that I sent you, that Patrick sent you, that Music Friday sent you, and you will get a discount on your order. That's 909 Well, the pharmacological definition of dopamine is a neurotransmitter in the central nervous system acting within the brain to regulate movement and emotion, and it's also used to increase the force of contraction of the heart in the treatment of shock. The musical definition of dopamine is our next guest, a woman who arouses liquid movement and intoxicating emotion while she grips your heart and heats your blood until it steams in your veins. Lorelei Carlson knows how to increase your pulse. I want you to think about that. She knows how to increase your pulse, but she also understands how to slow your mind so you can think about what she's telling you. She's the child of constantly moving diplomats who lived in seven countries by the time she was 15. She knew early on she was special. She absorbed the world's music and culture in a determination to put them to work in her own way for the audience she knew would resonate with her, and they do. Over a million downloads, tens of thousands of fans, multiple albums and songs. She's on the edge of stardom, and we are honored to have her with us today. Life, thank you so much for joining us on Music Friday Live.
5: Thank you so much. That was such uh an incredibly flattering intro and I really like your um your uh your definition of dopamine that is very accurate.
0: <laughs>
1: well, uh it, for you it should be because that's uh you do it well. And and in fact um you do it so well, I'm not quite sure where to start this conversation. Your your new EP <laughs> is so remarkable that it's almost intimidating in a good way. Um, everything about it, from the artwork to the title to the lyrics to the arrangement to what you do with your voice, come together perfectly. So I, I wonder, what came first? The concept, uh, the title, the music? How did you put this together?
5: Well, um, you know, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> it was, um, you know, dopamine is sort of a, a postlude, if you will, to my, my previous uh, effort, 20 milligrams. And it just sort of concludes that whole uh, theme for me, really. Um, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't like this, like, concept uh that i had sort of lurking in me for a long time it was really just a very you know naturalistic thing and i just sort of wrote what i felt and it and it came out that way it turned out to be dopamine
1: well you've described your songs as dark and subtle and positive yet depressing now there's a song on the dopamine album that that may be a pure expression of that positive depression i want to play a little bit of it this is Now that of course was uh your cover of um Nirvana's nineteen ninety one song Rape Me, which Kurt Cobain took great pains to explain was an anti rape song. Now your okay. version moves like fresh blood in a test tube. It's liquid, it's hot, it's steamy, but it's passive. So did you do that mm-hmm. song and what you you meant when you said positive and depressing?
5: Um did I say positive and depressing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, at one point you did. <laughs> oh,
5: okay. Um, well, you know, I don't I I just I really love the song, first of all, and I really love that band. Um I really, you know, connect heavily with Nirvana. And uh I just I think those are two pretty good reasons to want to cover a song. Um but You know, I just kind of didn't want to, you know, just emulate Kurt and do this sort of cartoonish karaoke version of the song. It just wouldn't have been fair to the artwork. Um, So I just, I thought it would be really interesting to put my own spin on it and interpret it the way that just felt um, the most naturalistic to me. And, And as far as it, you know being positive and, and painful simultaneously. I mean, it, it probably is to a certain extent. It's it's definitely a very sort of twisted song, um, however you interpret it. But um, I think that's the beauty about that song is uh, everyone is going to give it, you know, their own sort of individualistic meaning, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, they do, as a matter of fact, uh, very much so. Uh, In fact, we've got a couple of emails in already. Um, (laughs) This is uh, Marshall in uh, New York City who wants to know, do you think that your audiences understand that Rape Me is actually an anti-rape song? (laughs)
5: Uh, Yeah, well, you know, it's funny he points that out. Probably, probably um, you know, the average person who maybe isn't very familiar with Nirvana or Kurt Cobain might not know that. Um, but now they do, right? If they're listening to this.
0: Yes. Good point. So
1: <laughs> you're you're educating people, which is one of the things that you can do in the music business. Speaking yeah. of the music business, um the music music business is a very tough business. You have to work really, really hard at it. And you personally have worked really, really hard at it. Um you're now I think uh you're Myspace's number one unsigned artist. Um does that mean you can relax a little bit?
5: No, not at all. <laughs> um I uh, I'm I'm never gonna relax about um about my music career. I think uh I think that there's there's a lot more that I feel I need to do and I think that there isn't a specific space where one can just sort of say okay, I'm accomplished now. It's just sort of this never-ending, you know, cycle of uh progression and and you know, evolution. So
1: Uh, Well, speaking of of, uh, the fact that you're an unsigned artist, do you want to be signed, or are you happy uh, the way you are?
5: Um, I think that there are a lot of benefits and probably, uh, I mean, a lot of downsides as well to being signed. I think ultimately... um, I think it would be nice to have that sort of label support, um, but being signed doesn't automatically mean you're going to have label support. You know, sometimes people get shelved or dropped or whatever it is. Um, but, I, yeah, I mean, uh, after having done it independently for so long, um, I think just the terms of of the deal would have to be something that um, I'm really comfortable with. Uh, but yeah, I think I think yeah, maybe someday.
1: Well, hats off to you for how well you have done on your own. Um, we are talking with Lorelai Carlson about her new album Dopamine, and you can talk with her. You can call in at three four seven two one five seventy five eleven, or you can email her. If you're sitting there at work when you've got your headphones on, you're not really paying attention to that PowerPoint on the screen in front of you. Send us an email. Several of you are. We're Music Friday Live at gmail dot com, and we do have some more emails in here for you. We've got one from Mitchell in Austin, and Mitchell wants to know when do we get to see her live? Is she going to ever go, come to South by Southwest, which of course is where Mitchell is? I don't know. Are we going to see you live at any time? You plant any plans to go to South by Southwest?
5: Oh, um, I don't have plans to go there right now, but I'd love to. Um, But as far as um, as getting out there live, I mean, that's actually something we're working on as we speak, booking some shows. And I'm actually just really perfecting my live band performance right now um, because obviously this is a new set of um, songs and I want to be sure to interpret them accurately and not just sort of get out there with an acoustic guitar and play for the sake of it. I want it to be a really good live show before doing that.
1: So, well, when you and I understand exactly what you mean and I appreciate that very much. When you do, uh let us know. We would uh love to let people know about your live appearances, but uh in the meantime, we're going to we're going to let them know about your uh recorded appearances uh and this is the title track of your album. This is Dopamine.
0: Mm-hmm. Follow, and don't swallow
1: And that, of course is the uh the title track to the album dopamine that that song is really full of emotion but um it's it's not necessarily positive emotions uh what's the genesis of that song
5: um i mean well dopamine i sort of the concept of the album really is just sort of about the human condition and my fascination with the lengths that we go to, to sort of achieve these heightened releases of joy or pain and, um, and our insatiable need to just feed these addictions and,
4: uh, you know, that
5: ultimately maintain us in this cyclical motion of life. Um, and that's. Kind of what dopamine means to me, and um, that's what I wanted to channel in that song, you know.
1: Well, you certainly did it, uh, and uh, all right, <laughs> <laughs> extremely well. It, and I, and I as far as selection of uh, that as the title song, I think you're right on on that one. It, it pulls a lot of things together. Uh, we've got uh, some more emails here. We've got uh, one person who apparently uh, took a look at uh, our website or your website and says that that is a absolutely stunning photograph of you sitting down mm-hmm. with your knees up, and wants to know who took it and did you strategically plan that for this album?
5: No, I didn't. It was just sort of um, it was a friend. I ha- you know I have a, a lot of friends here in LA who are photographers and such, um, and artists and uh and uh, it was just sort of a last minute photo shoot is actually taken here in my apartment um and we were just winging it and uh it turned out to be a pretty decent photo, and uh actually took it a really long time ago and um and here we are, you know a year later, using that photograph so
1: Okay, well, that that that's your answer. And incidentally, that was um, mm-hmm. uh, from Nazi in uh, New York City. Now, uh, Luis in St. Paul wants to know, what countries did you live in? Patrick mentioned you lived in a number of countries. Where did you live?
5: I, uh, well, I lived in Peru, Colombia, Switzerland, Australia, Mexico, Chile, and the United States.
1: And of those, which is your favorite? Or do you have a favorite?
5: You know, yeah, I get that uh, question a lot, and I really don't have a favorite. Um, I just sort of every place has been very unique to me and given me uh, a very different experience. So, well,
1: we talked about this earlier that I've lived in other countries too, and, and one of the things mm-hmm. that um, when you do move to a new country is, is that you learn to learn fast. You have to yeah. figure, figure out your way around a new city, new street signs, new addresses, new customs, new language, new places to eat, new money. Did, did, so I, I imagine that you have learned to adapt and learn really fast. Am I right on that?
5: Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, I I thought I'd be really good at it by now, um, but I still have trouble. It's I think it's something that sort of going to follow me throughout my adulthood as well. Um, just sort of being able to integrate smoothly and stuff in different communities. It's something that I'm still working on today. Um, but I, it has trained me in other aspects of life for sure. I mean, I do feel, um, just very self-aware and, um, I'm a very empathetic person as well, so um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been good and bad, but um, it's been a very, it was a very unique childhood that I'm pretty grateful for. I almost wonder if it it would have been just incredibly boring to stay in one place my whole life, you know?
1: (laughs) Well... Uh, speaking of, of places uh you're now of course in Los Angeles and uh you have a your album has a, a little nod to Los Angeles in it. let's listen to a little bit of Sunset yeah. Boulevard here. Okay. And I
0: was so scumble.
1: that of course is uh Sunset Boulevard and that's on the new album which incidentally was released uh October twenty first and you can find it on um iTunes. Uh, actually you can find all on all, all the uh the usual uh digital places to buy albums but to, probably easiest uh iTunes the name of the album is uh dopamine or you can you can search by by the artist uh but uh probably you just put dopamine in there I doubt you're gonna get too many uh uh, duplicate hits, but uh, uh, what does that say, that album about uh, Los Angeles? You've been here four years now. You're, you're now in the, uh, the what we like to think of as the music capital of the world, and even my, my New York guests kind of say, yeah, that's probably right. There's maybe mm-hmm. 10,000 bands here and hundreds and hundreds of mm-hmm. uh, clubs and studios and stuff. What does that song say about that, about L.A.?
5: Um, well, uh Sunset Boulevard is really I mean it's in my opinion, it's just sort of an accurate description of like the the rapidity of uh, falling in love in Hollywood. Um, you know, not necessarily with a person. I mean it can be anything, an object and Maybe just the aura of of LA and sort of how temporary everything really is, and the romanticism of of that strange love in in LA and in Hollywood, um, and not really knowing uh, what's going to happen tomorrow. It's just sort of about the unknown.
1: Well, you you've uh, hit LA exactly right I remember when I was in high school yeah. here one day I bought a record album at a record store on La Cienega in Venice and I it got home and it was scratched and I brought the album back the next day to exchange it and the record store was gone which, uh, oh
5: man that's about incredible. how LA,
1: off- yeah, well, it's how LA yeah, that's LA off-
5: a great <laughs> that's a great depiction of that
1: it, it is um, and I remember that my entire life is a great depiction of that I said in the introduction that I think you're on the edge of stardom. Um, You you seem to be preparing for this all your life. You had voice lessons in Switzerland. You learned to play the piano at seven. You were songwriting at twelve. You studied the drums and the violins. Now that this EP is out, what's the next step Mm -hmm. for you? You, What's your strategy?
5: I don't know. I wish I had like this really articulate answer for you but I just I'm sort of going wherever the wind blows me I mean I just put out this work of art that I've it's sort of been my baby for over a year and um and I really you know just want want it to get the exposure that it deserves and um hopefully that entails playing shows and you know just uh Online sort of sources and media, um, but yeah, I don't know. I uh, we'll see. I guess what happens, right? <laughs> well, I,
1: I I have a feeling that that many good things are happening. We're um, we're almost we're getting close to our uh, running out of time, but there's a question that's come in that I really want to want to ask you, and this is from Rastos, and Rastos is in Philadelphia, and he says. Didn't you used to live in Philadelphia?
2: Oh.
5: Well hi there. Um <laughs> yes, I did. I lived there for quite some time, not that long ago. I moved he, here from Philadelphia. So
0: And
1: he he wants to know why why you moved and he and uh, the last line, the last word in his um his email here is weather question mark.
5: Oh um no i'm actually uh i'm an Eskimo at heart. I really love snow and igloos and frostbites um i uh I came out here for music and um I just kind of i've stayed here ever since it uh i I've been working perpetually on my music career but um i did i did visit philly over the summer it was nice to see everyone and be back there. It's definitely a place that um, is very dear to my heart.
1: Well, if, uh, there, there's the answer to your question, and who knows? Maybe you'll run into it or next visit to Philly. And I want to point out to everybody that you heard it here first that Lorelei Carlson is really a uh, an Eskimo at heart. Uh. <laughs> Right? You're gonna remember that, but I also want to point out to everybody that this new album is Dopamine, and you can get it, and you should get it on iTunes and and other places on on the net. You should also check out her website for those of you who haven't seen that beautiful photograph that goes along with the uh, with uh, the album. Her website is www. com, and that's e l e i carlson. com. And uh, we're gonna we're out of time, but we are gonna go out with a, another cut from the the album. This is uh, Sandcastles. I, I want to really I want to thank you for spending the time with today. I just love this album. I'm looking so forward to to seeing you do it in person. So thank you so much for being with us today.
5: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate all the support.
1: Well, it's well deserved. <laughs> And this is, uh, like I say, we're going out with um, a a song from our album. This is Sandcastles. You've been listening to Music Friday Live with Patrick O'Heffernan from Cyber Station USA, Blog Talk Radio, and our radio affiliates. If you like our Facebook page and you follow our Twitter feeds, you'll get real-time updates on our guests. Vote for your favorite musician on musicfriday.nationbuilder.com and we'll invite them on the show. Our producer is Lars Christensen. Our program director is Jason Bartleben. Our intern is Angeline Serrano. You can download this and other Music Friday programs at blogtalkradio.com slash musicfriday or on iTunes. Be here next Friday. Hana Kim joins us with her new music, ready to Fight Human Trafficking. And also, we're going to have a very special guest, also named Hannah, the world-famous electronic violinist who's now on tour in the United States. She's going to drop in and uh, talk with us. So check our Twitter stream and our Facebook page for details on next week's guest. And right now, let me just wish everybody a great musical weekend. Bye. You're going to get a letter from the network with a URL in it that will uh, allow you to download the, uh, the interview, and you can use it uh, wherever you want.